Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I'm Rochelle Denae Poth, and we are in season three, and this is episode number 38. So the podcast I started myself in September of 2019, coming up on three years here. And most of the time, those of you that have been listening, you know that it's just me sharing some ideas, having a conversation with myself. More recently, I've had some guests. I've also been sharing some of the lives that we do on Facebook that stream out to Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn, and of course, Facebook communities as well. Uh, the Rochelle and Mel, Mel and Rochelle with some of the guests and just sharing those uh, in the form of my podcast. So for today, for our episode, for the conversation that I'm going to be having with myself, <laughs> basically, I just wanted to take a minute to share some things that I've been working on and focusing on. And I always get excited when I come across something new to try in my classroom, or if I'm going to a conference that I can talk about and add to the conversation. So since ISTE, which if you're not familiar, the International Society for T Technology and Education uh, has a big conference every year, and it is not too far away at all. It's actually the end of this week is when it, it kicks off. It is a fast paced full of lots of learning opportunities in different spaces. It's an amazing event. And we have not had it in person since June of 2019, when it was actually here in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. This year, it's being held in NOLA. So I am excited to be going. I have a very crazy schedule while I'm there. But I, I've come to understand that that's pretty much how it goes. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing friends, to reconnecting, to meeting people in person for the first time, and to just be involved in all the different spaces. So if you want to catch up with me, I have a couple of sessions that I'll be presenting. I'm involved in a few playgrounds, uh, a big one of which is augmented and virtual reality. I'll also be spending some time in the expo hall, which I love checking out all the new technology, catching up with friends that I know that work for some of the companies, making some new connections. And I'll also be speaking at some of the booths. So stay tuned on Twitter and on Facebook to find out where I will be during the conference. But one session that I'm presenting on this year that's a little bit different than prior years is focusing on STEM. And I have been a STEAM teacher for about almost seven years now and have done a lot of different things in my classroom with my students who are in eighth grade. And last summer, I did a few virtual learning sessions and actually got to travel to a school in person to do a three-hour workshop there as well focused on STEM. And the reason I started to do that is because I believe it's really important that we bring STEM to every classroom for all students to engage in these learning opportunities. And some may say, and I have said, but I'm just a Spanish teacher, or I just teach, and then you fill in the blank with whatever it is, or I'm a tech coach, or I'm an administrator, and I'm not sure how to get started. I truly believe, and of course, I didn't always, I don't want to say feel this way, but I didn't always realize that, yes, we can and need to bring STEM to every classroom for our students to best prepare them for the future. They need skills that are going to be developed by engaging in activities related to STEM because in the future, there is this big need somewhere around 58 million jobs available in STEM related fields predicted by the year 2025, which is not too far away. And when it comes to STEM opportunities, 
of course, depending on the grade level, the content area that you teach, the access to resources, the funding, all of that, um, it does make a difference. And sometimes there are either real or uh, perceived perhaps barriers to providing these opportunities for our students in STEM. And sometimes it requires a lot of equipment. Sometimes it's just something basic like using post-it notes and some paper cups and having students figure out how to change the position of the cups into something else. So there's all kinds of resources out there. And I think for today, and maybe I might do a couple bonus episodes this week to shorter than the norm, uh, just gonna share a couple of different things that I think are important about STEM itself. And when we look at future readiness, which 21st century skills we've been hearing about for a really, really long time, uh, the World Economic Forum talks about what the growing skills are. And some of those include things like innovation, uh, more active learning, and creativity, collaboration, and communication, problem solving, critical thinking, just to name a few of those that round up the top 10. Now, they've recently updated it for 2025, and they're kind of the same to an extent. Uh, still at the top, you got the innovation is up there and the active learning, the problem solving, the critical thinking, creativity, taking the initiative or some, some of the other ones. Also emotional intelligence. So we look at social emotional learning skills and those are just a few. And why does that matter? Well, a couple of reasons. The top skills that employers want are things like teamwork and decision-making and collaboration and problem solving and definitely resilience, just to name a few. And that directly relates to social emotional learning. And if you're familiar, it has the five competencies of self-awareness and social awareness and self-management, relationship building and decision-making. So when we can bring in opportunities for our students where they can build their essential SEL skills and also explore, become curious about different areas such as STEM, then we will better provide them with opportunities or with interest or spark curiosity for the future. And if I draw kind of a par parallel between those, so self-awareness, if we give them something to do that's STEM related, they are brainstorming, they're learning new skills, they're becoming more confident with self-management, depending on what it is that we're using, can be challenging, especially if we just say, okay, here you go, figure it out. And I think honestly, that's what we need to do sometimes because there's that fear that we're not the expert in the classroom or we don't know enough about something. That's okay. We just need to know enough to get them started, to find a resource, a tool, an activity, a method to use and try it and let the students know that, hey, you know what, we're right in this with you um, and go from there. But that self-management is important and you set those goals and you have challenges you have to overcome. Social awareness, depending on the activities or the tools we're using, it helps students with building empathy, for example. Relationship building, of course, when students collaborate, they're communicating their ideas, they're getting to know their classmates, whether in person or virtually. And then of course the decision-making, uh, which problem solving ties into that. How are we going to do this? I want to code this to do this type of an activity, for example. So there's a lot of potential and I believe that's really why it's important. So with that being said, as I mentioned, all of these jobs, there are 3.5 million jobs available or going to be available 
really, really soon. And so we have to prepare our students and providing those opportunities and knowing where to find them may take some time. But I'm going to tell you about one that I started to use very recently in my classroom, and that is the Metanolab Tailbot Pro. Now, when I got this and I pulled out the box, it had so many different things inside of this activity kit. Um, it had a sticker booklet, it had interactive maps, it had different accessories, it had the robot, of course, it had command cards. There were so many things in there. It had the manual, which had directions and instructions in many different languages. And what I loved about it was, one, it was so engaging just opening up the box and seeing all of the different components of it. But even though it offers so much, it's not overwhelming. So I pulled everything out of the box. And in my STEAM course, which I have older students who we are always trying things out because what I want for them to do is to one, learn about some of these things like coding, but also to give me feedback because it helps me to help other educators. And so whenever I started to use it before they even came in, I realized that with things like Tailbot Pro in this case, children, young kids, as young as three, can start to learn what coding is. They can write their own code and they don't need any screen to do it. They just need the robot. And then there's these accessories. So you could dress the robot up like a rabbit, for example. And there are these different interactive maps. So you can dress it up, you can use the maps. Also, there's a blank map that students can create their own and use the stickers and make their own story to tell. But it's a great choice, not just for using it in school, but for at home and having families work together on, on learning about coding. And I think especially with so much technology in the last couple of years, because we've been virtual or hybrid or moving back and forth, the fact that Tailbot Pro is screen free makes it even better. And so whenever we were using this, when I was using this, I had a lot of fun just setting down the map and trying to figure out how to get the robot to go to the ice cream on the one map and then recording myself talking about the ice cream having it do some of the random dance moves that it does but it was really engaging that students just wanted to dive right in and see what they could do with it so some of the great features you know it's color coordinated so the colors that are on top of the robot match and the students can easily figure it out there's command cards where the students can just look at the the images that are on the command cards and figure out the steps in the process in the code that they want and then if it doesn't do what they thought that it should do then they could go through a debug by using the, the cards and reprogramming it um, content focus there are like i said a lot of different maps there's 10 of them and you can use them in different courses math and science you can look at different topics like animals or have students working with numbers uh, it's engaging, of course, because it pulls students' attention right in. It definitely caught my attention. And I can't wait to share this when I'm at ISTE in my session that I have about bringing STEM to every classroom. But it's a great choice if you're looking for bringing coding to younger learners, even older students, just to help them understand because it's good for them to see the different products and tools and resources that are available. Uh, it's great for building those social emotional learning skills and confidence because students can figure out and be independent or they can work together and create something with their classmates if they're at home with members of their family. And so 
It's one that I recommend and I can't wait to show anybody who is at ISTE in person. And if not, I'm sure you will see my post about how you can use it. Uh, and I'm happy to share any extra information that you would like about it. So for today, that's the episode, uh, the importance of bringing STEM to our classrooms, because again, with so many things happening in the world and the types of you know, work that students may need to do in the future, we don't necessarily know what that's going to look like. And being able to help students to build these skills that they need through a variety of opportunities in our classroom with different resources. Uh, and in addition, of course, with social emotional learning, it's a great thing to do. So embrace the challenge that might come with trying something different, taking that risk. It's a good model for our students. It's good for ourselves to continue learning, especially when it's something that's hands-on, it's more personalized, it's authentic, and it sparks that curiosity for students in learning. So with that, that is today's episode. So dive into coding, even if you've never done anything with coding before. If you know somebody who's been looking for resources, you have elementary educator friends, people in your family, you want to do this at home, definitely recommend it. So as always, thanks for listening. I will catch you in the next episode and also in the Thrive and EDU community on Facebook. We'll be having a show uh, talking all about ISTE, also talking about my recent newest book, Things I Wish, dot, 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 new. And I hope that you'll grab a copy of that. Great for summer reading no stress, just wonderful stories from including myself, 50 educators around the world. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.